Welcome to the Founders Podcast. Whose bright idea was this anyway? I'm Andrew Peyton Smith, founder and CEO of Jizoodle. Welcome to the Founders Podcast. Whose bright ideas was this anyway? Welcome to episode five and an amazing guest, Ush Danak. Welcome, Ush. Thanks, Andrew. I'm really stoked to be on your podcast. Since you told me, I've sort of been looking forward to it and I feel like I'm having a chat with an old mate. <laughs> we are definitely having a chat with old mates, that's for sure. So, Ush, just to give a little bit of background about yourself, yeah. um, you started off in the legal field. I and did. been involved in human resources in the UK and Australia. Yes. And you always felt something was missing. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So, What was missing? You know, we always go, there's something else that's calling us. So there's, I'm sure some of you guys, you know, especially our listeners who are founders, right, or have been in jobs, but there's just this little pull, that little niggle, the thing that comes up in your mind at night or in the morning when you wake up. And for me, it was like, I'm just destined to do something else. And then I met a great coach, learned all about emotional intelligence. And I was like, you know what? This is it. This is what I want to teach people. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing now. Absolutely. And Usha's got a, a growing client base of, um, of clients seeking her emotional intelligence skills. So apart from that, you've also um, certified by the Proctor Institute. Yes. And also your non-executive director at the Hunter Workers Rehabilitation and Counselling Services. I am, how, yeah. How did you get involved in that? So I was actually working with a company as the head of HR and Hunter Link were giving the emotional EAP support mm-hmm. and just met them, got on really well. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm on the board. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're a great company, great company to work with. And you've enjoyed your time as a, as a director? Yeah. yeah. Excellent stuff. So I've known Ush for a number of years yes. now. And I know that um, I'm going to be sitting here, just sitting here in awe, <laughs> just listening to some of the things that um, you'll be saying um, shortly. Anyway, so without further ado, let's just move on now to just telling us a little bit, what is emotional intelligence and how does it differ from IQ? Yeah. So you might have heard the term EQ, right? I think yeah. everyone's heard of EQ and they think EQ is emotional intelligence and it is. But so EQ is the measure of emotional intelligence. So it's your emotional quotient, which is like your IQ. (laughs) So your IQ is something you're born with and relatively doesn't change that much as you grow older. Whereas EQ is not something that you're born with. It's a learned behavior. So we teach it in kids. And that's something that, you know, I'm I'm doing on the side at the moment, having established EQ Uh kids. It's a lot easier to repair kids than old adults, right? So (laughs) I'm going to start younger. And we've got people like, you know, who are in their 70s wanting to learn about emotional intelligence. So it's all about building that skill of emotional intelligence. And I guess, Mm. do you want me to give you the definition of what that is? I'd love love to hear it, yeah. So emotional intelligence is the ability to be aware of your own emotions. And the key words there are in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then you use that information to manage yourself and manage your relationships better. But the key words are in the moment because we've always had that aha moment you know, once we've done something, the benefit of hindsight, yeah. I wish I had done that better. I wish I had said that better. But what EQ does is it gives you ability to sort of in that moment go, right, pause, think, how do I feel and how do I need to respond appropriately right now? Mm. And for us founders, that's huge, right? Like, Absolutely. There are so many times we're on that edge, we're stressed, we're overwhelmed, like we don't know what day of the week it is. And, you, you know, that phone rings, you've got your kids asking you stuff. It's how do we behave in that moment and pause 
and then, yeah, build, build the right relationship. So for founders, in a way, it's almost a way of building resilience and that we take knockbacks almost every, every day. Of the, day. Every, <laughs> every day. Every hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> every minute sometimes. Yeah. So with emotional intelligence, there are a couple of different areas that sit under emotional intelligence as a skill set point of view. So resilience is a big one, right? Mm. And we'll talk about resilience a bit, I think, with one of your other questions yeah. in relation to founders and in the workplace. Other areas of EQ are like empathy. So we need to have the ability to be empathetic, especially with other founders that we're working with, other businesses yeah. that we're working with. Clients. Um, clients, absolutely. And then personal power is another one. So personal power is one of my favorites, but it's uh, that quiet confidence that you have about your ability and skills. Mm. But then it's the ability to speak your truth yeah. courageously. And that's tough sometimes for any entrepreneur, any founder is because Sometimes we feel that no one gets our ideas. We feel mm. that no one is in our corner rooting for us and these things only make sense in our head. And if we haven't got that personal power, we can squash that down. Yeah. But what personal power is giving you is that strength to go, you know what, it's okay. I'm going to back myself and I'm going to mm. use my little voice that's here and I'm going to say that Jazuda is a great idea <laughs> or emotional intelligence coaching is a great idea, but it's that courage to speak your truth. Yeah, absolutely. And we really need to do that, I think, more often than not. Yeah, the amount of doubts that that come into your head as a founder and and say virtually every day is just sometimes can be overwhelming. And this is an area that jumps onto um, founders' mental health and well-being and so forth. How does EQ help in helping founders get through the day towards their success path? Mm. So one of the things I learned when I quit my corporate career, and because I studied emotional intelligence for two years before I started training in mm. it, uh, and that was probably for my own mental health, for my own sanity, yeah. to go, what do I need to learn to transition from a really cool corporate job to now being in my own business? Yeah. And one of the things I found, and we did talk about this just before you hit, hit record, was that whole isolation piece. So. Mm. One day we were in an office, right, surrounded by people we love working with and our mates and bosses we potentially hate. But and nevertheless, there's a network there to almost overnight, um, you might be working in bed, you might be working in your office or from yeah. Kim McDonald's for free Wi-Fi. Or, and all of a sudden you're on your own and your best mate is this big idea that you've got in your head mm. that you just really want to get out to the world. You're excited, you're passionate about it. And then what we do is we have with this idea – a potential expectation or time frame for when it's going to come out into the world. And that's not always the way it goes as an entrepreneur. And you yeah. guys have all seen that that meme, right, of what the entrepreneurial journey is. It's not an arrow going from the <laughs> bottom to up in a straight line. It's that yeah. massive squiggle in the middle. Yeah. Um, so when that happens, we really need EQ to support us because what EQ is going to do is it's going to, number one, give us resilience. Mm. So when things don't go our way, it's how do we pick ourselves back up um, when we're feeling isolated, it's how do we turn that inner critic voice that we've got into an mm. inner coach? How do we pep talk ourselves to go, yeah, this is a shit day. It's a crappy moment, but that's okay yeah. because tomorrow it will be a new challenge or be a different challenge and I'm going to embrace that. Um, so, look, I think there's loads of ways that emotional intelligence helps. But for me, the biggest one has been the self-reflection and self-awareness. Okay. And I think we don't do enough of that when we're working in an organization because we're so task focused. We're so focused on the goals of the business that when we walk out, we don't have any other goals outside of our own. Mm. And then it's like, okay, and we're more aware of what we do, how we behave. Uh, we listen to that voice a little bit more because there's a lot more downtime, a lot more quiet time. And that can really play a big role on your mental health because it's yeah. like, how much of that voice do you listen to? 
you feel that imposter syndrome. I'm sure we've all found it as as founders is, yeah, I've got this idea, but then am I going to make it? Am I the right person to take this idea to market? Or is there other people better than me that should be doing it? And then on the flip side of imposter syndrome, you have potential fear of success. Yeah. So it's almost like, okay, I've given up my job. And for example, for you, yes, I'm going to set Jazoodle up and I'm going to do that. But then once Jazoodle is so successful, what next? It's almost yeah. like that fear of success. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've met a couple of founders in the time where I, where I had a feeling fear of success might be playing a, a part in their journey. And that's quite a common thing, is it? It is now. So I think it's just the unknown. And a lot of the time I found this as well um, when I'm coaching founders and entrepreneurs is that they don't have that network. Like some of their friends are still employed. As much as they're supportive, they have to go almost find a new tribe of people that are of this same mindset. Mm. And then as they find that tribe with their normal uh, network that they've got, sometimes they dim their light because they're like, I'm... I almost don't want to come across like I'm different. I don't want to shine too much. What yeah. do people think of me now? All of that judgment, those thoughts come in. So we sometimes dim our light yeah. and we don't self-promote enough. We don't go shout from the rooftops when we've had a win, which we really need to do as yeah. founders and entrepreneurs. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's really important that we don't dim our light and we don't let that, you know, whole fear of success mm. try and cause us to, yeah, shrink. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you mentioned also about ref- the importance of reflection. Um, one of the things I've certainly been doing in my journey is, and probably some of my most productive time is, um, making sure that I go out for a, a, an eight, 10 K walk, um, every day now, because, and yeah. um, funny enough, my partner, she always knows when I haven't been for a walk because yeah. my mood is completely different and my thought process is a lot more jumbled yeah. than when I've actually been for a walk. So it yeah. allows me that hour and a half reflection time etc yeah what do you do when you're in that walk just out of curiosity do you mull work over or do you just go i'm gonna walk and not think about work <laughs> i solve the problems of life universe and everything yeah, in, right. in between so yeah. predominantly i use it to actually solve the problems of work which um takes up a, probably about a quarter of the walk um thinking about clients and how i can actually approach clients and, mm. and work with clients think about some of the difficulties that we've had within Jazoodles, whether they be technology difficulties or how to actually reach a certain client and so forth. And then I'll then I'll go on to thinking about I'll get into the moment and start enjoying the I'm very lucky where I walk, um we've got the sea and the beautiful blue water and uh, generally it's a, a beautiful blue sky in this part of the world. Um actually get to the moment and starting to get really with the wildlife that's going on and so forth. Um, then come back and have a rant about something. That's yeah. probably <laughs> there'll be a rant in my head about and an argument with, about something as well. And then generally, by the time I get back home, yeah. I'm in, in, actually in a really good state. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think self-reflection is really important. And one of the things I find when I'm when I'm talking to entrepreneurs is that whole thing of I just don't have time, mm. right? Because we're just constantly moving from one thing to yeah. another. Uh, but my suggestion for that is just one tip: is just even if you can give yourself half an hour. Mm. Um, and just get out of the space that you're in and definitely just connect with nature, go for a walk. And even if you just put some music on, just do something else. And there's a actually a really cool app called Brain FM. Uh, if any of my listeners need it, um, you just download it onto your phone and it plays certain different brain waves for different things of how you're feeling emotionally. So if you want a productivity hit, there's a soundtrack for that. Um, if you're feeling fatigued, there's one for that. But it just rewires your neurons and gets you, mm. makes you feel a bit fresher. 
Okay, Brain, Brain FM. FM. Try that. <laughs> Excellent. I will definitely yeah. try that one. That's fantastic. Um, another area where uh, EQ is quite important is, um, and one of the problems of many startup companies is essentially the cliff of death. Um, you've got your product market fit in place with your business. Um, you start getting your initial sales and then all of a sudden the drop as you start bringing in people into your team and so forth. How can EQ help in preserving ethos and culture of your company as you grow and start to scale your business? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think the challenge there is that when you start your company, um, you don't really think about a culture. It's mm. not really like, you know, when I started my business, I'm like, oh, what culture is Oshtanet going to be? Yeah. Right? You're, you're just focused on bringing the money in. You're focused on that next client. You're focused on your pipeline. So there isn't a culture or any necessarily anything formed. And then, like you said, what happens is you start getting busy, you start getting to work and you start bringing other people in. And no one actually then goes, hang on a minute, let's pause. Mm. What are we actually working towards? What's our vision? What's our goal outside of our KPIs, of our finance yeah. and sales? What do we stand for? Like, who are we? Yeah. And this is potentially, I'll be honest, a challenge I find when I'm working with entrepreneurs is because I don't have the money to invest in coaching and training, mm. as you know, right? Yeah. It is almost like, oh, well, that can wait because all of our resources need to be in paying wages or contractors or website support. We've all been there. But if I can say anything, and this is not a self-promotional pitch, <laughs> uh, my disclaimer is go find someone to support you as you grow in working out who you are and what you stand for. Mm. Because if you do that right and you do that up front, and as you grow, as you bring people in, they've got that benchmark. They've got that standard of service. They know what the bigger picture is and, and you may not then get lost in the transactional day-to-day. Mm, so I think it's crucial to work out what your business stands for and what values are important to you. Like you wouldn't ever take a job mm. and not know what the company's values are, right? Yeah, because yeah. you'd hope that they're aligned to yours. Why would it be any different to your business? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I've been mulling over for quite some time is the value of bringing a mentor into to help you in, yeah. in ensuring you remain grounded as a leader. Yeah. And, and I know that you're a big advocate. Massive. Of- Yeah, I've had a couple. My suggestion for that is find someone you admire. Like, don't overthink it. Just look at your network and go, who inspires me? Mm. Who's gone through some of the challenges that I've gone through and how I can lean on them for some advice and support and to bounce ideas off. But having a good mentor can really, really fast track your progress because you learn from them, right, as to Mm. what the pitfalls were. And you also learn how to celebrate the wins, I think. And that's crucial for an entrepreneur and founder is we don't do that enough. So I think having a mentor, you are then more likely to go, hey, yes, this was shit. What do you think? But you know what? I actually had a win. Mm. And I just want to share that with someone that's going to be proud of me and that's going to get it. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's good to hear. Very good to hear. And um, so moving on a a little bit more, obviously, as you scale your business, you've got to start recruiting and and something that many founders wouldn't have done um, before. And there's been quite a lot of write-up recently about recruiting for behaviours versus yeah. recruiting for skills when obviously a lot of startups uh, have got very specific technical functions that need fulfilling and so forth. How important would you say behaviour versus skills is? Yeah, massive. I think as long as they've got the basic competencies to do the job, right, obviously from an IQ mm-hmm. skill level, so you're not going to hire an artist to do a finance job. <laughs> but so <laughs> yeah, providing they've got the basics of the IQ skill set for the role, if you've got the right processes, they will learn that. They will pick it up, right? Mm-hmm. You can train them in that. And 
you do want to train them. You want to let them know what your way of doing things are in your business anyway. But what's going to be harder to teach is some of that attitude stuff, some of that resilience stuff, mm. some of that how have they coped with failure, how have they yeah. coped with not getting the things that they want necessarily on their time frame. You know, the new generation is all about instant gratification, as we mm. all know. So what is their thoughts on in a startup that that may not be there? Yeah. So when you're recruiting, you really want to ask those sorts of questions is, you know, how do you deal with failure? What are the benefits of failure? How do you celebrate wins? Yeah. Questions like, you know, when's the last time you got pissed off and <laughs> what caused that? Because we want to test their patients around, yeah. are they patient? Are they not? So absolutely. And then creative questions. Like one of my favorite EQ questions is, how would you describe the color yellow to someone that's blind? Oh, my word. Yeah. So that's basically seeing if they can think from the non-logical part of the brain mm. and go into the creative side. So especially yeah. for someone like in your business for finance, you want someone that can connect, someone that is emotional, because at the end of the day, it's people talking to people. Mm. Whether you're selling finance, whether you're selling art supplies, whatever you're doing, it's people talking to people. Yeah. And if you can't make that connection, then it doesn't matter what you've got to sell. Mm, absolutely. How, how important is storytelling in that whole process, would you say? Of selling or of interviews? No, of interviews and selling your values to ensure that yeah. the values align. Yeah, massively. I think people really resonate when they hear a story. And no matter what the story is, they say, I've done a couple of courses on this, it's fascinating that when you tell a story, they don't imagine you in the story as you're telling it. They put themselves in that story. Yeah. So if you're telling a story of when you set up to Zoodle and you're in your room and you're stressed out and you're like, do I do this? Do I quit my job? The person listening will remember a time that they have felt that. Okay. So what you're doing is you're invoking that emotion in them mm. and you're stirring that in them to go, right, I actually connect with this person now yeah. because they understand what I feel. Absolutely fascinating. The whole storytelling area is just, I love it. It's, yeah, it's amazing. So what would you say are the common uh, pitfalls of um, scaling up from a team dynamics perspective and what leadership be uh, behaviours for success and failure can be developed. Yeah. So I think, well, for me, the biggest pitfall is going to be that when you are scaling and you're hiring, clearly it's a busy time, mm. right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be looking for extra resources. Yeah. So in that busy time, is what is your emotional state? I hadn't thought of it from that right? perspective. So are you a headless chicken? Mm. Is your style of leadership, I ain't got time to train you, I just need you to come in and do the job. I need the right person that can just do the job. And yeah. There's no training. There's no nothing. Just do it. We've got people that need our help. We've got clients that are waiting. Or are you going to be a leader that's high EQ and that's going to be really calm and collected mm. and go, I've scoped out exactly what projects do and when, yeah. and I've got the time. I know exactly what's due. And you know what? I've even set aside in my calendar time to recruit the right person that's mm. going to match our values. And when that right person comes on, I'm going to train them. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that they shadow me for a while. I'm going to make sure that I do introductions to the client. Mm. I'm going to let you know what my values are and let you know what my personal story is and why I set up the business that I've set up yeah. and why you are so important to my business right now yeah. and actually celebrate the fact that it's growing. Two very, very different sides of the coin in one same scenario. Mm. The scenario is the same. It's a busy, busy yeah. time. You need people on board. Are you going to be a high EQ leader or are you going to be one that's really low? Yeah. on EQ and if you recruit and grow in a low EQ state it's doomed for failure unfortunately yeah. because if people will come on and they don't know what they're doing they've got no leadership from you no structure from you mm. they'll leave 
Yeah, and, and we all know the statistics about the, the how costly it is to replace uh, someone in your business than it is to, to keep them in one place. So I guess that comes back to, from a leader's point of view then, the whole how important it is for that self-reflection in preparing for that recruitment Absolutely. or that interview yeah. to give you that headspace. Yeah, I don't even think it's even just in preparation. I think just throughout your business mm. is learn the skills of, of emotional intelligence and it's going to help you grow your business steadily it's going to grow your business in the right way because you've done that self-reflection you've thought about what's next and yeah. you know you've maintained that calmness throughout the whole process of growth which is key because then you can make smarter decisions mm. and it's not about slower decisions I actually say once you make a decision make decisions fast yeah. right yeah but you can make a decision with a clear head without that fog without that confusion so I think as you can see yes we always say it's founders who don't have the money to invest in coaching but this is one thing that I guarantee you will get a return back on your bottom line if you do it the right way and you're learning to. That is an amazing piece of advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. As you build your teams, and I've worked for companies like this before, they will all, because each individual and human beings being what they are, there will always or very possibly always be disputes in the workplace, mm-hmm. whether they be disputes between founders or disputes within your teams. How can the development of EQ capabilities aid in the management of disputes within workplace? Yeah. So I think the disclaimer I want to use here is healthy discussion and pushback is actually a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Especially as a new business. Yeah. We don't always see things the way that we need to see things. And the benefit of having new people come into your business is exactly that, right? They're going to see it with fresh eyes. So I think just be aware that this is our baby that we're growing. Yeah. But we are going to have new people come into the family and <laughs> we want them to tell us what they think. Mm. And we may find it hard to hear if we're not emotionally intelligent. We may feel that it's a personal attack on us and our little baby that we've created, but it's not. Yeah. So I think it's about having the self-awareness to go. Not necessarily every disagreement is a dig at us. Not necessarily every disagreement is a bad thing. So I think it goes back to having that awareness of, is this a healthy discussion mm. or is this now bordering on something that's not healthy and it's unproductive? Yeah. So I think that was my disclaimer is just think about which one is it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important distinguish, you know, distinction to make. And if it borders on the unhealthy, then what EQ is going to teach you is the ability to have a courageous conversation. Okay. And what that literally means is you have to call that behavior out and nip mm. it in the bud as it happens Yeah. and go, you know what, Joe, I don't think what you said was, appropriate in the way that you said it and this is how it's made me feel mm. um, is there a reason it came across that way what is exactly were you trying to to showcase and explain yeah so i think it's just calling it out in its form as and when it happens rather than waiting for it to fester and fester yeah. and fester and then it blows up in your face our guest last week was um brendan rogers and he made a he was very passionate about providing a safe space within the workplace for for having those discussions and, and to ensure that even the more difficult discussions could happen. Yeah. So you're a big believer in, in safe spaces as well. Absolutely. And like I said, sometimes we don't always see the trees from the forest or the forest from the trees, whatever mm. that saying is. Like yeah. we're, we're sometimes quite blinded. Yeah. Um so it is nice to have that fresh insight and we want to encourage people to have a voice. Like one of the things I started this podcast off saying that my favorite area of EQ is personal power, is that ability to speak our truth. So mm. we want to encourage that within our teams, within our dynamics, that every opinion is going to be heard. Yeah. I want to know what everyone thinks. Does that mean that it's all going to go ahead? But yeah. I still want to know what you think. And if it's not going to go ahead, I'll explain why. 
Mm. But I still want you to have personal power and I want you to speak your truth. Yeah. Without fear of any form of repercussions to that. Yeah, such a powerful thing as well. Absolutely. And um, so how do you go about identifying, and not so much stopping, we talked about stopping, how do you go about identifying the culture for where disputes could uh, materialise? Is that the case of making sure that everyone has got that personal power to be able to discuss different forms of opinions and that they are in this safe space and yeah, I think it's um, setting expectations up front, right, as a leader or a business owner mm. and saying that you are going to have your regular catch-ups. So make sure it's in a forum where you have your group catch-ups as yeah. a team. But then it's also important, and again, I know we're so time poor, but it's really important to have that one-on-one time Yeah, um, to check in. And that's the opportunity. If you've created trust and you've built really good relationships with your people, that stuff will come out. Mm. It's going to come out in the one-on-ones and you'll be able to then discuss it and air it and do yeah. what you need to do with it in that space. But it, it's crucial. And one of the, actually, on my podcast, we interviewed a, a lady called Michelle Redfern, who's phenomenal, and this is her tip, but she uses this process called Mad, Sad, Glad. Okay. And what she does is in her corporate career, when she was in the corporate, she's now a trainer and coach, but when she was in a corporate career, she said, right, I want to know exactly what's made you mad this week, what's made mm-hmm. you sad, and what's made you glad. And she would model that by saying that as a leader first. So, she was vulnerable to say, this yeah. has made me sad. This has really made me mad, but then I'm really glad about this. Mm. And then that modeled the way and it opened up her team to go, well, if, if she's doing it, then you know what? I'm going to say what pissed me off. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, lead by example, Silly right? Example. If you can show the vulnerability and create that safe space, then everyone will follow. Yeah, absolutely. Vulnerability is, I think, such a crucial word. Absolutely. Oh, massively. And you know what? I'll be honest. I think it's a tough one, even for me. And we're both business owners, so we get it. But sometimes we see vulnerability as a business owner as a sign of weakness. Mm. And I was talking to someone just the other day who runs their own business, and I said, how's it going? And they were like, yeah, really good. And he's like, you know what? But I think I made a bit of a stuff up with something. Mm. And you could see it was a big thing for him to own up. And he, in the end, he goes, I felt like, I felt like it was a bit of a weakness to share that because, you know, we almost have to put ourselves on a pedestal that as business yeah. owners, we've got to prove ourselves to everyone, ourselves in the world and our families and everyone else, right? Yeah. And he said, I, I really struggle to say that I've made a mistake in something. Mm. But I think we've got to remember that in sharing that vulnerability, it's going to help someone else because someone else may have the same thing. Yeah. But if we don't share it, they're not going to open up either. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you're, it- you're never alone, really. No, no, it's actually almost fighting against human nature in yeah. terms because you're always trying to big yourself up in what's going yes. on. But, but underneath yeah. it, we've got all these pain points that are going on. Absolutely. And, and yeah. I think only business owners really understand the true pain of that is because mm. you're balancing that profile, right? And this is the hard reality of it. We're balancing this profile, we're balancing this brand that we're creating, this service, this product. And then this whole, yeah, it's all amazing. But underneath it, we're like, we're paddling for our lives. Sometimes we're trying to keep our heads above water, get air. But that's okay because it just means that when you go back under, you go get somewhere and you come back up and you fight. Mm. But I think it's important that we do share that vulnerability time as well because everyone's gone through it. Yeah, um, absolutely. It makes you more human. I often, um, when, I, when I'm speaking with um, other founders, one of the things that I often use as an example of this in many respects is probably one of the most pivotal decisions that I took have taken in my life came on the back of what was perceived actually quite a big failure. I worked for a company in the UK. Um, it wasn't my calling, mm. the, the work I was doing at the time, and I won't name names or anything, <laughs> um, but I was told that I was 
think of being a, a massive failure in the area that I was doing. It was an area that I didn't enjoy or anything. Yeah. And I vowed at that point that I would never work for a boss, well, an idiot. I would, I, yeah. They were not the words I used at yeah. the time, um, such as this person ever again. And I'm going to do something with my life to actually make sure that I didn't. Yes. And that was the decision I took to actually um, come out of the workplace for a couple of years and go and get my undergraduate degree. And, wow. and it's, it's amazing how sometimes yeah. those real vulnerable moments yeah. can actually become massive, massive pivotal moments in your life. Yeah, I remember a story that I read about and it was this woman, she's like a really successful CEO and in one of her interviews she was asked, you're, you're so successful, like what is that one memory you have that you can attribute this amazing success mm. to? And she said my dad and she said I used to come home from college, school, work, whatever, and she goes, we just had this thing where every day – he would say to me, what did you fail at today? Like, what, what mistake did you make? Yeah. And then she'd say, oh, I messed this up. And then she goes, we'd high five it and go, yes. And then he'd give her a hug and go, it's all good, right? It's okay yeah. to make a mistake. And she said it was that one thing about having that safety to create mistakes, she goes, that enabled her to become a little bit of a risk taker. Mm, okay. And she said it was those risks that she took because she wasn't scared. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what got her to where she is. And I think that's so true in business as business owners. Sometimes we do have to take certain risks mm. and sometimes we don't know if it's the right risk or as a business owner, because we're on our own, we're like, is that too big a risk? But imagine having that sort of upbringing where we, we can go, it's okay. You know, even if you fail, you'll get a hug, right? Yeah. Like imagine how invincible you would then feel. Mm, absolutely. You could conquer anything with that environment. And she did. Yeah. She did. Absolutely. She's like just living her dream life now and doing yeah. what she wants to do. That's an unbelievable story. But, yeah, no, I always tell people that never be afraid of those pivotal moments and recognize a pivotal moment as well yes. and have the mindset about you to know that this, you can go one of two or three or whatever it is ways and that even though it seems like the, the worst place in the world you are at this particular moment, in actual fact, it's probably the best. Yeah, it's a turning point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you've worked with a number of companies over the years and yes. you've got some amazing clients. Um can you describe a, a case, maybe a case study where difficulties were being experienced within a company um, or growth within teams and how your methods actually help to overcome some of the, some of those issues within the, within the company? You don't have to name names. No. Yeah. I think, <laughs> look, the, one of the biggest ones that, that come to mind is, and I'm sure we've seen this in all workplaces, we've had a leader that's been promoted because of their technical ability, right? Mm -hmm. They are really high IQ. They know exactly what to do in the job. They understand the product or the service. They're, they're a gun, right? Yeah. From every angle. And then they get that tap on the shoulder by the seat and they go, you know what? You're great. Every performance review you've done, you've got five out of five. I'm now going to put you in charge of this team. Yeah. Biggest mistake you can make. For that. <laughs> and I feel bad for that poor person because all we've done is set them up for failure. Fine, yeah. They don't have the skills, which are very different to product delivery, high IQ to managing the team. Mm. And I see this time and time again. And then what happens is poor person is they've gone from being a really high performer to being a poor performer because all they're getting then is hit over the head with a stick to go, well, your team aren't performing. Yeah. And they're like, but I don't understand. I was a high performer and now I'm managing a team. They're not performing. I don't understand why. Mm. We all know why now, right? It's because they don't have the leadership skills. They don't have the ability to drive that team. Yeah. They don't know how to manage people. They don't know how to talk to that person. They don't know how to create that space that we're just talking about, about catch-ups and 
conversations and 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 leading a team is all about having someone that you look up to it's about mm-hmm. someone that inspires you and one of the questions i actually always ask in my uh, eq training is and what you guys to do it now as you're listening is think about someone that you admire right i'll get yeah. you to do this Andrew. so think about someone you yeah. admire and name me three qualities Let's let's say let's just use Lucci as an example. <laughs> like name three qualities that you admire about her. Can you give yeah. me? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Honesty. Yeah. Integrity. Yeah. And just sheer bloody mindedness. Yeah, Lucci, we love you. So what that's done is none of those qualities, and I'm sure our listeners are doing it, was was IQ related mm. because that's not what we look up to. That's not what we remember people for. Yeah. We remember our leaders for how they made us feel. And if we all look back and go, what was the best boss I've ever had? It wasn't the one that was potentially the most smartest, or maybe they were, but we don't remember that. We remember the ones that were there when we needed them. Yeah. We remember the boss that if you had a problem, you knew that you could talk to them in confidence and it wouldn't go anywhere. Mm. You remember the boss that if you had issues from higher above, they always had you back. Yeah. That's the type of leaders we remember and the leaders that we need to grow our business. It's not going to help a business to, you know, employ someone that's extremely high IQ, but then not support them in these other skills. Mm. So in this business, going back to your question, which I just totally diverted off, we did some mentoring for this leader and you had to rebuild him and his own confidence because he, like I said, he's gone from a Mm. high performer to a poor performer. And once we did a bit of work on him, I trained him on how do you interact with your team? Yeah. How do you drive that? How do you get them to respect you for your other skills that we are now growing? And he did. He absolutely turned it around massively. And he now has the highest performing division in this business. Oh, my word. And he's like, oh, he goes, if you didn't come in, he goes, I would have been sacked on, like, performance yeah. issues. And mm. and he's like, I never would have done this. And now he's not known for being that technical geek that yeah. knew his stuff. He's known for all of those qualities that I just mentioned that you remember as a leader. So yeah. that's one of my favorite success stories, to be honest, because it's like that's all that's needed is a bit of coaching, a bit of support, and raising his EQ. That's mm. what we did. Absolutely. That's an amazing story. And yeah. just think if you hadn't have been there, all of yeah. that IP and experience would have I been know. lost. All gone. And that's all the other gone. thing. And it's interesting you say that, actually, because that reminds me of another point around um, EQ is that big businesses losing talent. And it's all because these leaders and execs don't know how to manage their emotions. They have mm. no behavioral self-control. So they fly off the handle. They react badly under stress. And then... Then, you know, as I know, as you know, I run my own HR business. Then Mm. we get the call to say, oh, you know what? This guy's not a cultural fit. And I'm like, what do you mean? Mm. And that's all they can say, right? It's not a cultural fit. He shouts, he does this, he does that. Can you just terminate him? Well, hang on a minute. What's his performance? Oh, his performance is great. Yeah. And that's where you get that dichotomy of, well, he's a great performer, but he's got no EQ. And that's why all these issues are coming. Mm. So absolutely crucial, right? And if we don't fix that, then these amazing people... Yeah. are actually going to your competitors. Yeah, absolutely. And you're losing that talent. Yeah, very much If so. only we can just invest in them a little bit and yeah. give them the skills that are that's so easily learned. Yeah. I'm going to spring a little question that's actually come to mind, actually, because I yeah. think this um, this fits in with this. There's obviously a lot of talk about the future of work and yeah. uh, increased automation and um, and so forth. If you think about a future like that, then that basically says that all we value – from a from workforce is the task that's actually going to get done, for instance. How does that fit with the human aspect, which um, where do you think the future of work will, will lie with in an area of increased automation? 
Yeah. So I think automation is going to happen, right? And we've yeah. always got two camps of people, ones that fight it and ones that go, yeah, bring on the robots. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much the two sides of it. I'm the believer it's going to happen and we're not going to be able to fight it. There are definitely mm. going to be jobs that are going to be automated. But what that means is that it's going to put even more of a focus on the people that are employed to have better connections with other people. Mm-hmm. And we are never going to be able to replace the emotions. I mean, I know, having said that, I know that they're looking at robots now, even putting in emotions in them. Yeah. But it's never going to replace that human touch. And, and we've all been through it, right, where we have those um, chatbots and we know that we're not talking to a person. Yeah. You miss that. You do miss that. So there's always going to be an element of the workforce that we will never, ever mm-hmm. be able to replicate. And that's just that personal connection. Personal Absolutely. Time. I think even um, speaking to various call centres in the world that are running by scripts and so forth, I miss that human interaction there yeah, when I'm speaking absolutely. to them. Because they're just running off a complete script and going... They're not responding to what you're saying. It's just absolutely. like, right, take next question, next question. Yeah. So, yeah, look, so where EQ is going to help you in, in the world of automation is... The ability to have empathy, the ability mm. to connect, the ability to build relationships, the ability to build trust with the people you are talking to. Yeah. It's not just all about head down and, you know, I know my stuff from a technical point of view, no. Yeah. That will be replaceable. Yeah, so. absolutely. Now that, that's fascinating. Right. We've got time for a couple of um, quick questions. Time. If there's one piece of advice you'd give to any button entrepreneur or business owner, what would it be? Yeah, so when you were telling me about this before, the thing that came to mind straight away is back yourself. Mm. And why I say that is that, you know what, it may not work, but if it doesn't, man, the lessons you will have learned in backing yourself and trying it will build your resilience, will test you, it it will make you a different person. Mm. So I think in anything you feel, you need to back yourself, whether that's a decision around work, home, business, whatever. Yeah. And take the learnings as they come. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and if you had a magic wand, what would be the one thing that you would wish for? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I guess for me it's to have a bit more foresight into what other people think. Mm. And I'm, I'm one of those, if you had like, you know, the book or red pill, money or read minds. Uh-huh. I'm on the read mind side. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just find it fascinating. Like I just love to know what people are thinking at certain times and mm. and what gives them. So my magic wand would be to be a little bit more intuitive. And I think that would help me become a better salesperson, which would end up making me more money. So I'm going to go down that track. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. And one very last question. So we talked about the importance of um a failure and I'm going to spring this one on you yeah, as well. Okay, go. So what are the have you had any defining failure moments in, in your life? Oh God, yeah, so many. <laughs> um so many. I think from a business point of view, the biggest one has been not charging my worth. Yeah. And I kick myself time and time again and I still struggle with it if I'm honest. Yeah. And then we burn ourselves out because we're like we're working so many hours and and, and when you do want to deliver the best work that you do as well, but we're just not, I'm just not charging what I know I'm worth. So I'm trying yeah. to fix that. And so that's been a failure there. <laughs> and the other one would be my lack of patience. Okay. Um, so I'm, for me, if I have an idea, I want it executed tomorrow. Mm. And as a result of that, I may not have properly planned it yeah. or have done it the way I should. And then I'm trying to just flog a dead horse because I don't want to admit that I failed. <laughs> Whereas sometimes you need to fail fast, as the saying goes, right? Mm. And cut your losses. Absolutely. And go, that's okay. That didn't work. But I, from what I've learned, I'm going to take that on for the next big thing now. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Now, that's fabulous. So the key thing is learning from those from those failures and, yes. and coming back stronger. 
Yeah, and that's resilience. Yeah, and that's resilience. Absolutely. Well, that was absolutely fascinating. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for agreeing to be my guest today. (laughs) Thank you. That was amazing. I think the listeners are going to get so much out of this week's um, podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you once again. Um, We'll be back in another week or so with the next episode. And uh, thank you, Woosh. Thanks, Andrew.